for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue. You can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. has been trained in multiple lifetimes for her current role as the rock and roll shaman. With past memories and abilities intact, her skills are cultivated from past life initiation, powerful shamanic teachings, and spontaneous activations from the archangels, ascended masters, and the golden Elohim. Andy resides in Denver, Colorado, where she teaches and connects with spirit. Hi, Andy. <laughs> oh, hi. Good morning, Blue. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, so, everyone else too. Hi, y'all. How are you? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling kind of great, kind of altered, kind of present, kind of human, and that's exactly where we like to show up from. Perfect. So, what is the magical tool that you use the most often, and how do you use it? Um, right now, I'm playing favorites and not trying to, but I got a new earth drum, um, and. Oh my goodness. Like it moves everything out of the physical body. So it's, it's a really powerful ally right now. Nice. Can you tell me what an earth drum is? Sure. Um, it's made by Remo. So y'all can find them online if you want. Um, but it's essentially like a pitch black drum that is tuned to the frequency of the earth. Um, and I'm not one for terribly, terrible amounts of grounding. I really like it more for what it moves out of the physical body, what it moves out of the cellular body, but it feels so good. (laughs) You said you're not one for grounding. What do you mean by that? Um, I think the way that a lot of people teach grounding feels a little, uh, disconnected to me. So I do grounding a different way. So whenever I practice that idea or practice of grounding, it's not like imagine roots going into the earth. That doesn't make sense to my brain and all my cancery watery ways. So, um, yeah, like I just, I I ground in the way that feels right to me. Okay. I get that. I definitely get that. Yeah. So you, you practice ancestral work with your students, right? And you teach, you basically teach people how to do their own ancestral healing. Can you tell us first why ancestral healing is so important right now? Oh, fuck. It's huge right now because I think we've all been fairly dedicated to our healing and to our growth. We've been doing the shadow work. We've been taking accountability. We've been looking underneath the rocks. And yet the ancestral shit is where we keep getting stuck because we haven't really gotten to it. So as we're hitting this tipping point in what I you know, consider ascension on this planet, things are changing. We are evolving. And the ancestral work is where we don't know we're stuck. <laughs> so we have the responsibility not only to clean it for ourselves, as we have done quite well, but we've got to go and clean the family patterns as well because that's where the real changes can happen fastest. Yeah. And what kind of family patterns are you? Oh, fuck. Um, (laughs) Have you spent a week with your family lately? Uh, The family patterns, I think what have been coming up for me is um, I come from a line of people who believe that they are very anxious or that they are depressed. So they carry on these patterns going forward of their own limitations or the stories that they have been told from previous generations. Um, When I work in the Akashic Records, they'll refer to this as the cause or the karma. And so it's these invisible patterns that are really trapping who we are capable of being.
being. So, you know, um, even if we get into genetic stuff of like, oh yeah, well, you know, this is just hereditary in my family. Fuck you guys. No, it's not. This is just the story that we've passed along. So karma will sometimes show up that way. And to me, like the way that I treat astrology and the way that I try to treat all of this, you know, even ancestral and family stuff, it's the imprint. It is the blueprint that we came in here with. It's our job to evolve it. So I don't let it be a definition or identification or limitation on what we're capable of. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that we can basically master this like in a time frame? Do you think that that's something that it's been a big focus within the spiritual community for the past? I think it has to be. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it is a skill that we need to master. And it's a little bit harder because it's not our story. We have to get out of our own way to get to the ancestors whose story it is and heal them. So I think it's, you know, taking our shadow work and our dedication to looking within. And then we expand that throughout the family line. It gets a little shamanic. It gets a little cool, but it will be absolutely essential for us to be able to continue the evolution. You know what? Actually, sidebar, I have a very, very close friend, Chiron Armand, who's also a shaman. And he helped me meet one of my ancestors, Helga. (gasps) (laughs) Hey, Helga. Yes, Helga. And she was very much kitchen witch and very stern, very much like me, a little bit aggressive, a little bit abrasive, but very clear. And um, I needed some of her work at that time. I needed some of her magic. And um, yeah, but it turns out Helga's mad racist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's pretty cute. I don't know that that's something that needs to be necessarily healed. You just carry forward better, right? (laughs) We can't necessarily heal Helga of that. Um, Oh, oh, I definitely tried. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you did. Well, you know, and it's our obligation on this. We do that even for the people that we encounter. But yeah, some of those things, mm, a little stickier, but at the same time, um, one of the ways that I try to treat ancestral work is there's this whole string of wounds behind us at times, but they're also as magical as I am. And so what I try to remind myself is I'm going to use all of the light that they didn't use. I'm going to use all of the gifts that have been latent within this family line. So I will be the one, bring them all forward so that um, the healing happens in that way too. Um, That gets me a little juicy and excited. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I've just kind of had her on the back burner because my thing attempts were unsuccessful. (laughs) And I think anytime that we have that paradigm of like, Oh God, I've got to do more work. Um, none of us want to keep working. It's been, it, you know, life gives us enough challenges and shit to deal with. So for me, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic and silly in that way. How can I make this fun? So I make it fun by saying, I will use all of the gifts that you did not recognize. And we will bring that power forward into one peak and let's see what happens. Love it. Yeah, baby. Let's talk about DNA. What do you, Ah, ah, shall we? Um, (laughs) Well, and DNA is so interesting to me, too, because, uh, again, Akashic Records is where I started my whole spiritual stuff, and then the shamanic piece came in. But with the Akashic Records, everything is frequency and everything is vibration. Um, And thank you, I won't be asinine enough to claim that that's only the Akashic Records. We're (laughs) recognizing that this world is all frequency and vibration. So the DNA is also that. It's a frequency and a vibration. It can be affected, it can be healed, and it can be changed. 
right? So I love playing even the codes of light if we want to go a little woo-woo on it. it. It's a frequency that came in that's the blueprint. Let's see what we can do to heal it. Um, and Bruce Lipton, um, I don't know him much, but he talks a lot about nothing is genetic. And so for me, the way that I work with it is, can we vibrate above this or can we vibrate more light into it to heal it? And in that way, I'm going to be healing any of those latent DNA things and, you know, Christ consciousness, honey, bunny, this is where we're evolving into, which is a higher frequency of humanity. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a little bit scientific though, because, uh, what? Huh? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is the, the, it is, I just don't do the science. So, um, I don't try to put any claim in that. Not mine. Right. We're right. Of course. But I do know people who are members of CrossFit and are, are their intention is to alter their DNA for further lineage, you know? <gasps> yeah. Shut up. Okay. Right? I love that's so that. cool. Yeah. So just by like getting super muscular, you know, you're changing the course of like women in your future line. Maybe they'll be stronger, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? I love it. I, I'm working, uh, my maternal grandmother died at 42. So I just turned 43 this summer. So that was a biggie for me was passing through that threshold that previous generations hadn't passed through. Um, so yeah, I didn't quite go crossfitty on it. <laughs> I felt nice. a little different, but, um, we made it through, which was quite a feat within this family lineage. So how do you personally do your own ancestral healing? It seems complicated. Um, it's kind of complicated because uh, I think that you need at least one of those skill sets of an ability to meditate or an ability to shamanic journey or to visualize because you will have to get to them differently. This isn't your story, right? Um, and thanks. Let's also just qualify this a little bit. There are shamans who can help you. There are healers who can help, but um, I'm certainly more about personal tools to be able to do this. So I treat it a lot of the time like any type of inner child work. Can we get in to hear that story? Can we get in to witness that story of pain as it existed there? Um, and so through journey or meditation is one way of doing that. And then when we get into the shamanic piece of it, we need freaking allies. We were never meant to do all of this alone. This is why we have all these guides. So I love promoting the idea of calling an ancestral ally, calling somebody who is as committed to helping the lineage as you are, because they're pretty excited when you get in there and they're like, oh my gosh, we've been waiting for somebody to do this for what, 400, 500 years. So they're pretty available to you. Um, and I'll qualify that ancestor ally piece. You need someone who is well in spirit. Um, and this is a phrase that my friend Raven Rose says, they need to be well in spirit. So you can't call in grandma with all of grandma's unhealed shit that just got passed on to you. She's not going to be the greatest ally. Helga then. <laughs> well, I've got one ancestral spirit who I'm working with right now. She had the same wound, the same story of pain. And I've given her probably about at this point, two months to heal and to come back into the light. And she's been showing up as a very strong guide for me because all of the skills, all of the tools, all of the magic that she used, nobody has used since her. So she's quite eager to share it, but I needed to give her a little bit of time for that healing integration to occur. Um, and I also want to share because it was one of my favorite things and, you know, rock and roll. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Did you see his documentary that was on Netflix last year? No. Oh my God. Like 
girl, I took notes. Like I could not, um, I'm a Springsteen fan regardless, but watching his documentary, one of the things that he said, um, (laughs) he's like, do you want to be a ghost or do you want to be an ancestor? And he's like, a ghost will leave all of their baggage that you have to clean up. An ancestor owns their shit so they can actually help you on the other side. And is that a good prerequisite for being quote unquote, well in spirit? I think so. Um, you know, they have to take some ownership for the pain that they caused. They have to, uh, be willing to recognize and own their contributions to some wounds in the lineage. Absolutely. Um, but for me, I'll say whenever I was trying to find the ones who were well in spirit, whoa, we went way, way, you know, I obviously have wounded family members for any, any of them that I knew, I will say we're not well in spirit, which is sad on one level and shows again, the necessity for me to do the work on the other. Yeah, I get that. Right. Like I love my grandma, but holy crap, she didn't own her stuff. She did. <laughs> I love you, grandma. I'll clean this up for you, I guess. <laughs> Shit. Um, and I'm a mom as well. So I think as parents, a lot of the motivation comes from that place of, I don't want my kid to deal with this. I want to, you know, I'll fix it before it ever hits her before she ever knows it exists. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure if I were personally to do this work, I would have to also go pretty far back in the lineage. I'm like real far, real far. Yeah. I was, I was shocked by how far back, like this was not even a, culture that I recognized that far back. Um, I'm grateful that they were there and waiting, but, um, if we think about even this journey of coming to, you know, the United States, right? Well, a lot of us left Homeland for whatever reasons, but usually those reasons have got a lot of secrecy and a lot of shame around them. And that frequency of shame as it gets passed on from one body to the next becomes heavier and more dense or it becomes those things that we think are just a part of us. Yeah. Um, so the well and spirit ones, when were they actually happy for three or four generations? Yeah. And current society, like, yeah, <laughs> we've been fucked here for a while with this masculine power structure and illusions of what reality are. Where does that not exist? Sometimes we have to go that far back. Yeah. And it doesn't help the history of, you know, not to be a religion hater, but, you know, the history of religions have taken us very far away from spiritual practice and understanding these unquantifiable vibrations and energies. You know, we've gone so far away from it, not to mention the fact that everyone in America is possessed with Wutiko. (laughs) Oh, God. Everyone is possessed. Let's just be real about that. I, I had to do a big depossession this summer as I was doing my ancestral work. And I'm like... Christ almighty, like even those of us doing the work, this shit still comes in. And I don't think, you know, not that I'm a religion hater because I really love Jesus, but Jesus was not a Christian. And that took me years to (laughs) accept him as a really strong ally. Yeah. But the whole point of the church was to put a separation between us and God. It was to not allow us to have a direct experience of what divinity is. So their smear campaign, fuck, it's been successful. And we've got to get back to the places before their agenda was so good. I love everything you just said so much. Like, (laughs) God, Um, when I started working with Jesus, one of the ways that he would show up, he's like, I'm not the zombie on the cross. And I'm like, 
got it, got it. And he's like, I'm not the fucking Ronald McDonald of all of these atrocities that are done in the name of. Got it, got it. Um, so again, that direct experience of divinity, us being able to activate the godliness within ourselves, that's the worst fear of the church. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Boy, oh boy, they never wanted us to get to this point. So the most you know. successful smear campaign of all time. Isn't it though? Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I'm very compassionate because I recognize, you know, sometimes I see Christians doing beautiful things and I'm like, oh, there's the spirit of what it can be. But um, I think the words that I use is like, there's an agenda there that I don't agree with. So rather than it being good or bad or my casting judgments, there's a clear agenda that does not align with my values. Yeah. I, I think also being perceptive enough to really look at everything carefully, you know, through your own eyes after doing a lot of introspection on your own philosophies and ideals. And that's work that a lot of people just aren't ready for. Well, it's scary, right? Because, and I think even as we go further in this path of self-awareness, if we want to call it that, or self-healing, are we giving away our power to these beings outside of us? Okay, well, you know, that's valid in some ways. And at the same time, we can also use them as avatars of higher consciousness to be able to help us become more than human, right? Right. Yeah, do you worry about that ever when you channel? Um, I'm always very, (laughs) I'm a bitch with my boundaries with spirit. Um, So I have a very clear vetting process of if a being comes in um, and I'll share this because it was kind of hilarious. I had a Nordic being come in recently and he was not one who I had created a relationship with. And in my path, my practice, the relationship with spirit is what feeds and fuels my work. If I do not have a relationship, I'm very cautious. So I had a being who came in and he's like, I'm here to help your client. And I looked at him. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. And he was really mad because, you know, in his mind, he is a powerful God and I should know him. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, you know, I'm going to need three people to vet you before I'll work with you. And he just rolled his eyes and he's like, you want me to get a fucking permission slip from Odin? And I'm like, oh yeah, that would be delightful. Thank you so much. (laughs) So he came back and he thrust this piece of paper at me that was like, Odin has, you know, blessed us to work. And I'm like, cool, no problems. So yeah, I, I think protecting our boundaries in that way, knowing I'm the one with the fucking power because I have the body. And all of these spirits, you can guide and you can teach and you can offer assistance, but you don't have bodies. And so that makes me the one here who's got to protect this yeah. and also will be the one who moves that energy forward. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. a no from me. <laughs> and I have, I've had spirits and I'm just like, I need three of my guides to vet you before I will even have a conversation. And if I have a guide who shows up and blocks me and them, I'm like, I'm so sorry you need to leave. And they're like, but, but, and I'm like, I'm so sorry you need to leave. Like there's nothing you don't require. You don't have to give an explanation as far as no. that. Yeah. Um, but not everything that's disembodied has power. Let's be real about that too. Just because you don't fucking live on this 3d plane right now, doesn't mean that you're an ascended being with wisdom. That's going to help. I don't play. I don't play. Mm -mm. (laughs) Sorry, My my Southern sass coming out. Mm -mm. So who do you, who would you say that you work with most often? You don't have to tell me about your, you know, private, like personal yeah, helping spirits. Of yeah. course. Bitch for boundaries. I'll protect those. I protect my guides pretty well. Of course. Um, but with your consent, like who, who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Magdalene and mother Mary have been so loud lately that it's almost ridiculous. 
Um, and I've watched this not only in my personal practice, but the way that they are showing up with some of these divine feminine remembrances. Um, and Mother Mary and Magdalene both went through the mystery schools of Isis. So Isis is always a very, very present loud mama for me as well. Uh, a lot of my path really is this healing of the divine feminine and being the embodiment of the divine feminine on this planet. Um, and that even sounds so fucking pretentious when I say it. Um, <laughs> it's certainly a aspiration and a goal. It's what I'm working toward and, the humanness that shows up in between is what Andy tends to. I don't think it sounds pretentious, especially not to women in these times. I mean, you know, there's divine feminine embodied that God damn. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) These are women who lived in different times, who had different powers. When we can begin to work with them, they can speed up our process of healing. Um, and thank you for me. It's always about the remembering. I don't give a fuck what you think you're doing. If you can remember who you are, if you can remember what you were doing in past lives and bring that knowledge forward and the guides are helping with that, ah, that's where we want to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and can I loop us back around? Because I wanted to talk about some of this womb stuff if we have time today, too. Sure. Um, because the ancestral healing through the womb, oh, fudge, it's so good. We don't want to miss out on that. Um, and especially as women, as we were talking about that idea of, you know, feminine power, knowing the power of our wombs, knowing that that's where we create everything from, when we can drop into some womb work coupled with the ancestral work that we're already doing. Oh my God. Um, it really does release things at a cellular level that we can't reach any other way. And with that, you know, I love the idea of conscious menstruation so that every month as I'm releasing, I'm also really clear on like, what is it that I'm letting die this month? And so I give that voice and I give that ceremony so that at a cellular level that's being flushed out of my body and released um, from the very blood itself, right? Uh, Yeah, I think that I could go on for days, but I think it's a pretty cool way that we get to show up and practice at a very visceral level. Yeah. We're healing and releasing. I love that. Yeah, no, one one of the uh, big requests that I had of spirit, I'm like, I want to menstruate till I'm at least 60, please. I'm enjoying this process of mother so much. I'm enjoying the gifts and the power of menstruation so much. (laughs) I'm like, we're good to go a while with this. It feels really amazing to be able to participate in that way. Yeah, actually, you just made me a little nervous. I haven't been using my my cycles properly and I don't have much Um, time left. Honey bunny, there's so much that we could fucking do in any given day, though. Like, it's overwhelming when you think of, like, oh, God, I could be using that better. Yeah, you could. Oh, true. Um, You're right. So so be gentle on you and know that this is always uh, the way that I try to phrase it. It's an invitation for more love when you want it. It's yeah. never going away. Yeah. But um, there's, an, there's another way that we get to... Um, tend ourselves and tend to it that brings in more power and magic. I'm game. Mm-hmm, please. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's really positive information for everyone to hear, you know, that you can, you can set those intentions and literally shed those, those things. That's, right? that's beautiful. I mean, it's so profound when you think about it. Um, and I'll just go one more level here. Cause this is also where I get a little juicy. If you think about the iron within our blood, it truly is a magnet. 
So the ability to manifest once you are doing the conscious womb work, you don't have to fucking create a thing as a woman. We don't do that. We are not the forgers. We are not the ones who like, I'm going to manifest. We attract everything to us with that iron in our blood instead. Wow. Fucking cool. Wow. When we're aligned with who we are, we know what we want. We plant that consciously in the womb. Everything comes to us because that's the nature of feminine. You know, it's so funny because in my, in my spell working, I'm constantly looking for conductive metals to work with. And I never, this never occurred to me before. Shit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's insane watching. Um, and again, like I don't, uh, I'm not a manifester. Let me say that. Um, I was, I tried for a long time to manifest things and then spirits started laughing and they're like, you're doing it too small. What we have for you is actually a lot bigger <laughs> yeah. than your insecurities. And I'm like, then I'm just going to fucking stop. Right. So, uh, I don't manifest for things and I don't manifest with attachment. And instead I come into that, like, who am I and what am I here to do? And that's when I start planting and boom. And then the opportunities come in that just blow me away. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god, you guys must really love me. Aw. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's your great conductor, Mama. Yeah, hello. It's built in. <laughs> oh, it's so built in, sister. I love it. I love it. Is oh. there anything else you want to add on womb stuff? Oh. Um, I think yes. Uh, let's just give a couple more tools there. So, uh, with the womb, my abdominal massage always super helpful. Um, which is going to be you know physical, topical. Um, making sure that that womb is centered. That's something you can do on your own or work with great practitioners. Um, and then yoni steams. I'm I'm a big fan of yoni steams under full moons. Yeah. So um, both of those ways of just being a little more conscious. With womb, um, and we'll add this one other tool too that they're asking, which is when we're making decisions, we want to make them from a place of peace, not from a place of oh I should or I want. So when we can take that decision and it comes in usually at head, I like to visualize dropping it down into heart and then dropping it down into womb. And when the womb says go is when I go. Mm. Not when my head says or not when my heart says because <laughs> both of those can be a little fallible. But once the womb says it's go time, then everything is aligned. So practice that. And it can even be like a four-second practice. It's not um, laborious in that way. But allow your womb to be the one who guides and shows you the perfect timing and brings you forward. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. And just like, how long would you say it would take someone who's a stranger to their own womb? Because let's be honest, a lot of women are. Um, how long would you say that just like a four minute practice daily before they feel sort of connected? Is it immediate? Is it like a week? Well, no, because there's so many women who are really scared of the power in their wombs, too. Or if there's any history of sexual abuse or giving away of our power. So, um, I would say, uh, yes, thank you. I don't say anything. Spirit is saying at least six weeks of learning how to make friends with womb and treating the womb like you would any other spirit ally. We create a relationship and this is not a relationship that you've had before. So, you know, you don't make best friends overnight and trust them with everything. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Yes. That's actually how I read the strength card now. 
Did you look at the maiden and the beast, and like they didn't just become <gasps> that close overnight. They, they're, no, they're these strength. are relationships that are yes. built. This is mutual trust that is developed over time. Yeah. So, um, so for those of you who have not done any type of womb work, or like, what's a fucking womb? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and even women, I'll say this too. Um, there's an etheric womb for men that's known as the hara. So men can work with this as well. I don't want it to be exclusive just to the yes. Feminine. And any women who have had hysterectomies, there's also an etheric womb that is still very viable in there, still providing that same energy minus the iron of the blood, essentially. Okay, we um, need to we need to talk more about this because I love the idea of being inclusive to both males and older women. My mother specifically has had a hysterectomy. Without the masculine, I get so pissed off whenever people talk about that, where it's like feminine power. I'm like, fuck you, it's human power. We need. <laughs> Our men, we need our awakening masculine. We need this beautiful symbiosis of both of us to move things forward. Um, and I just really love men, so let's be real about that. Yeah, so inclusivity, please, for our masculine. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so the men can access it through what's known as the hara. And it really is going to be second, a little more second chakra is how the men will work with it, um, of recognizing that there is this place. Um when we develop in the in the womb, ha, uh, when we develop as um, in our mama's wombs, if you even think about a baby developing, like it is the first and second chakras that develop first, right? It's the base of the spine. It is that pelvic bowl that develops first. So this is where the oldest points of you are. Yes. Um, so for the men being able to go into like lower second chakra. And even just breathing with it to recognize that there is a beating, pulsing energy there that can support them. Um, and it could be fairly intuitive in that regard for the masculine as they learn how to tap into it. Yeah. There's a wisdom within. Would you say it's fairly similar for women who have had hysterectomies? Uh, absolutely. Except the level of grief that they have to get through is sometimes longer. That is apparent with, uh, my mom would kill me, but she doesn't listen to the show, but, um, <laughs> my mom either. I can say whatever I want. Sorry. It's, it's been, <laughs> it's been really, really difficult for her. Uh, she, she still is in mourning over that aspect yeah. of herself. Well, and it's, so. you know, usually with the hysterectomies as well, it's not in alignment. It's something that the fear of doctors are coming in with. And yes, I recognize there are certainly those times that, you know, this is, there's no, mm, thank you, I'm trying to be cautious with this. There's no body organ that wants to attack you and doesn't want you to thrive. Yeah. So the reason for hysterectomies, um, while they are sometimes justified, are often going to be very driven by the fear of someone outside of you as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I think working with shamans in order to understand what is going on within a womb, if a hysterectomy is suggested, super helpful. Um, but yeah, the hysterectomy, the women who have chosen to go through that or have gone through that without, there's a lot of grief that happens there of how they've been disempowered or what was taken away or what was lost. So being sensitive and patient with that level of healing to be able to engage in a healthy relationship with the womb again. Oh, it's pretty good. So what would my advice to her be? Because even last week she was just like mourning the fact that they couldn't just leave one ovary because, you know, time would go by and they would just have to take that out too. So they did um, the full for thing. Women, I will say I have literally 
their spirit has suggested that they knit a womb instead if they're um, make one craft one yeah so there's not this hole and instead you can still work with this representation of your power in a different way Okay. Um, your mom, thank you. Uh, glad she's not listening. Uh, my sense is she really wants to be victim for a little bit blue and there's not a whole lot you can do to help my love. Parents and family are not always interested in what we're doing for healing and what we can suggest and the resource for light that we, they don't give a shit. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so I would say you do your fucking womb work and it might heal her to some degree too. Heck Yeah. That's the best we can do. We can't fix anybody but ourselves, so I will fucking baller my way through this, fixing me, so that everyone in my family might feel better, because they'll never ask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with you on that one. (laughs) Bless them. They are not at all interested in what this crazy, wonderful thing is that I do. Yeah. They'll all get blessings, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love you. Oh, my God, Blue. (laughs) <laughs> this has been so much fun, and thank you for letting me interject that womb piece. I felt like it was important to cover, so. Um, I am yeah. so grateful that we discussed that. I think it's really important information. I just learned some really great things that I'm going to use, so thank it, you. Yeah, you're so welcome. So I heard that recently <clears throat> you are you're going to be working with Spirit Guides Mag. Do you want to talk about that? Oh my god, I love those babies over there. And it's funny cuz I was late this morning for you blue. Uh and I was dreaming about Arizona and Morgan in my dreams and it was probably like, "Hey, you're supposed to be somewhere." Um so Spirit <laughs> Guides Magazine, I am uh, a part of their monthly cosmic collective, which is rad, and I'm doing monthly energy updates. And I don't know what that means <laughs> except it's activations that are coming in. Spirit is going to support us each month and having a direct ally to work with and knowing how to make it through these times of great change. Um, And in September, we're going to be doing a three-week Akashic Records initiation. And that's live online because the Akashic Records, the way that my guides have taught me, we need to know the truth of our soul. In the Akashic Records, we see through the illusions of both the karma and the societal karma And once we know the divinity as it lives within us, then we can really move things forward. Um, So, yeah, Akashic Records Initiation, we'll be doing that for three weeks in September. Awesome. What else do you have coming up? Anything else? Oh, I'm starting with the next, the third round of the Shamanic Apprenticeship. So I... um, Spirit asked me this while I was on mushrooms. <laughs> nice. As sometimes happens. Um, and so this is, yeah, the third group who I get to bring through the shamanic spiral of power, as they've called it, giving them the skills and tools to be able to step into a path of service. Nice. We need good healers in the world. Like we need ethical fucking people to be doing this work because there's way too many egos out there. That's for sure. That's my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for ethics and for honor and respect. So, yeah, we, we're, we're teaching people. And, yeah, I think we'll probably have about 15 apprentices who go through that. So if you're feeling the call, go online, rockandrollshaman.com backslash shamanic apprenticeship, I think. <laughs> um, and there's an application there. So uh, if you want to explore it, spirit is calling you. And I'm the lucky one who gets to guide you through these portals. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much, Andy, for taking time for us all today. 
Oh gosh, I was so glad to be here. Stay mystic, witches. Yes! Be sure to subscribe to Mystic Witch on any of your favorite platforms. And you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our Patreon page. Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast.